Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 9 through 12 of season 4. is coming out this month you know that yes yeah you excited uh should i be uh did you play the other kingdom hearts i played the first kingdom hearts and okay. then i played some of two because i had some friends who were playing it and they wanted help uh beating a few sections of that game so all right so the answer should be no because you know what that oh. series is, and you'd know you probably don't want to have anything to do with it. I mean, that's the thing, is do I know what the series is? Because uh, like my... Does anybody know? If you know, please write in and explain Kingdom Hearts to us, because I... My understanding is, okay, so... There's these things called Heartless, uh, the right. Hollow Bastion, uh, the Beast is there, uh, Heartless, uh, there's Keys... Here's the thing, that's all from the first game. The first game does yes. not matter. Uh, like, almost nothing plot-relevant happens in the first game. Well, great. Like, everything is, like, two-on, and the PSP spin-off, and then the 3DS spin-off. And then you have these other things, which actually kind of don't really have much to do with it at all, except all of the games have at least one very important thing in them, which you have to know about, otherwise it makes even less sense than they do normally, which is not a lot. I played that Game Boy Advance game back in the day, and it fucking sucked. See, I never played that, but I did try playing the PS2 port of it, and it really sucked, and I thought that the Game Boy Advance one must be better, because at least then, while you're like fumbling around with cards, you don't have to navigate a 3D space. Yeah, I guess... It still is not good. Yeah, I believe it. Oh, let me use this card so I can smack someone with a keyblade. Yeah. Also, that whole thing is just like a retread of the first game anyway, because it's like, ah, it was memories. Going to places yeah, I've already been, meeting the same characters I've already met, fighting the same bosses I've already fought. Great. Sure, but so the one thing that I do know about Kingdom Hearts, I guess, uh, is that it leads into two, where I guess him being in that facility or whatever with that girl who does the whole memory transplanting thing, like uh -huh. that's important, apparently? Not really. Like, people say that, understand. but the thing is, all of that is explained in two, so it doesn't matter. Oh, good, uh, because... So I do want to actually play three, because it at least... Like, mechanically, that game is interesting to me, and I think that presentation-wise, it looks really good. Like, it looks like you're playing Toy Story. Yeah, finally. In 2019, yeah. it's like you're playing Toy Story. Uh, so, I, I do want to get my hands Kaz on it. Kaz Harai was right. Is... 
the thing that is concerning to me is I don't understand anything about Kingdom Hearts. I've not played to start to finish. Like, I played the Toontown thing or whatever it was, like the 1930s-looking thing. I fought Sephiroth, and, like, I saw the final boss, and, like, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been since one came out since I played that game. So I wanted to replay one and two and then finally get around to playing three at some point this year. And I was worried I would then have to, like, go read up about everything that happened in, like, the Game Boy Advance game and all that Because I sure as shit don't want to play it. My advice is get that HD collection, um, which now they've just stuck those all together in one thing called, like, the story so far or whatever. So it just has a bunch of crap in there. That might be the biggest, like, hours-to-money ratio of any game. Maybe. Um, But skip Kingdom Hearts 1, because again, it doesn't really matter. You can read a plot summary of that in about five minutes, and uh, playing it really sucks. Uh, Play Kingdom Hearts 2, because it plays a lot better, even though... I mean, uh, well, that's where the plot really gets into all of the weird, like, nobodies and Goofy saying, Organization 13! <laughs> like, about every five minutes. Um, even though, like, playing it now... So, I brought this up because I am playing through... I started playing through these, like, last year whenever the PS4 versions came out. And then the release of Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of crept up on me, so I was like, oh man, I gotta get through these. So I'm finishing up Kingdom Hearts 2 right now. I'm in the Tron level. Uh, you know how much I love Tron. Yeah, sure, but, definitely. But I forgot, like, you walk about five steps and then you watch a cutscene for a while of these characters in, like, it's PS2 era, so everybody kind of just talks at each other and, like, they stop and they say their line and then the camera changes and then there's a little pause and then someone else says their line. And It's, it's just like Tron. Yes, kind of. Uh, but then that cutscene ends, and you walk about five steps, and you fight a few more Heartless, and then here's another cutscene, and you get to sit through that. And boy, it's a lot. Yeah, I... You know, that's coming out this month, and there's a part of me that's just like, oh, I'm interested in that game, I should go buy it. Uh, but not going to because that's 60 damn dollars for a game that i probably won't even play for like i don't know another half a year yeah like i don't have the time to i i played a lot of rpgs leading up to 2019 and i'm i'm a little burnt out on the genre at the moment so i'm sort of like trying some other stuff for the time being so like i'm not even going to get to a point where i want to replay kingdom hearts one or even approach two for like Probably not until the summer, honestly. Yeah. So, like, I, I can at least wait for 3 to drop in price, which is nice, because I also don't care enough about Kingdom Hearts 3 to go out and buy that right away. I mean, you're also in the damn desert, and those games are, like, a good series to just, like, sit in a chair and melt in sweltering heat as you <laughs> let them true. wash over you. Yeah, summertime is pretty good for playing RPGs because it's like it's 110 degrees outside. You're not going the fuck out there. You're sitting in, you're playing a game. You're just going to sit there and be dead while you play a Final Fantasy or whatever. That's right. Um, well, hell, I, I got that. Uh, I need to go do like a procedure later on this month that's going to probably take me out of work for a week. Like I'm hanging on to God of War for that because that's going to be like 
I'm not going to be able to get up and do much, so that is the time where I can, like, sit down and pop in a new game and just, like, really dive into that. Sure. Then you can go back so. to work and annoy everybody by yelling, BOY! All the time. <laughs> That's exactly right. Come here, boy, read sick, this. It's my sick plan. Yeah. Anyway, what I was uh, going to say is, play uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 and then Birth by Sleep. Uh, you don't have yeah. to watch any of the um, like little movie things they've put in there. Okay, so I gotta read the manga. No, you could just read a summary of them because again, they'll okay. they kind of just have like barely any relevance to anything. Um, but I do the side novels. No, not that. Then I gotta listen to the radio drama. Yeah, you gotta find out about how Terra got norded. Um, but then excuse me. Yeah, you know, Terra, he got norded. But, but I'm I'm not making this up. Anybody hearing this who knows about the series knows that's a real thing. Uh I'm starting to want to play three less the more that you're talking about this. It just means bad guy like absorbed him or whatever or like Okay. How many Ansoms deep is this at this point in the story? Uh four or five. Fuck me. I think there well I'm there's not... There's, no, there's the one. It. There's, I'm not buying three. There's you Ansem the off. Wise, and then there's the other Ansem, and then there's Diz, who is actually the original Ansem. That's Christopher Lee, okay. I think. And then Riku. Whoa, he had now the, I'm coming back around. Yeah, there was the there was the clone of Riku, who I think had Ansem's soul inside him for a while, but then he split from it and oh, became a nobody. And no. the nobody um, no. then fused with Sora's heart to make real Riku back again? And Kyrie, I don't know what Kyrie's doing. I don't think Kyrie's had any actual plot relevance like since the first game. I don't know. Okay, um, when does Winnie the Pooh come into all this? Oh, he's in all of them. And his levels are oh, always God. terrible. Unless you follow I... that little pudge ball around as he can't remember where he is or where he's going. It's just like <laughs> Memento, basically. I do really like, though, that that is censored in the Chinese version of the game, so Pooh just becomes a child of light. Great. I don't think he's actually going to be changed in the game. I don't know. Have you seen that that thing, though? Yes, but that was was a weird thing, because it's like one site that censored that and others didn't, so maybe they didn't actually have to. I don't know. What was especially weird is that same site then had at least one picture of the game where it was not turned into a ball of light. Yeah. That's like what I'm they saying. just forgot to do it on I, one of them. Yeah, I don't think they actually had to. The point is, Pooh has a Polaroid with Piglet on it, and he writes, don't believe his lies on it. Um, And then at the end, you find out Sora was actually John G. Uh, and there are a lot of John G's out there. Uh, Anyway, yeah, the only ones you need to play are two, Birth by Sleep, and um, that new like prologue thing they put out, which that thing's like an hour and a half long. Kingdom Hearts ba- sounds like the most exhausting shit in video games. Uh, kind of. I Every time I start to consider, like, oh, maybe I'll get into Kingdom Hearts, and I just sort of, like, take a good long look at, like, all the required reading, basically, that you would need to, to do to understand it, and it just feels like homework. The weird thing about Kingdom Hearts, though, is if you actually just read a summary of what happens, it's not really that complicated it's the way they're presented in the games that's like that japanese style of 
like i don't even know what is happening here characters are just talking about things i've never heard of and so yeah it, so it's the actually final not fantasy, that bad. the final fantasy thing where it just sort of introduces you like 15 had this problem where it just dropped you into it and it started throwing around terms and names and stuff as if you were always supposed to know who these people and places and things were but did like none of the work needed to help you understand a little bit and in some fashion like i kind of like that like i don't really like exposition and like that's kind of sure. one of my least favorite things but yeah there there's a middle ground there yeah the, like i do and i don't i like it in things like like a Hellboy or a Men in Black or something where they throw out one of their weird terms like, oh, this is a class this and this entity or something like that and they don't do anything to really explain what it means. Not when it's like, I literally do not, I cannot follow your story at all because you were leaving out like very important, crucial details. You know, so you got Zehanort and uh, he's a, that's a the heartless form of Ansem. And so he's got I don't know. Uh... But yeah, again, it's also easier now that they're all just in one place instead of being like, well, you played the, the 1 and 2 on a PS2, and then Birth by Sleep is on PSP, and then Dream Drop Distance is on 3DS. Like, it's like they were intentionally is... making it as horrible as possible. This is why Paracolo has googly eyes. It's because somebody explained to him the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Yep, that's it. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brundle. He's the biggest Kingdom Hearts fan in the world. And he's going to tell you all about it. My favorite character is uh, Woody. Well, uh, how do you know that? Because he wasn't in any of the Kingdom Hearts before 3. There's a snake in my boot. Somebody's poisoning the water hole. <laughs> it was purple haze. It's like three just hours past dissolving. when I would go to bed, and my brain is full of Kingdom Hearts, and we got four episodes, and we haven't even started, so I don't know oh, how the fuck yeah. we're able to cope with anything today. Here we go. Uh, so guess what? I'm wide awake, baby. The tables have turned. Butarati's got the gang hanging out in a fucking shit shack, a regular crap house. <laughs> yeah. You might find yourself living in a shit gun shack or whatever it is you said. <laughs> Don't know. I said a shit shack. Okay. Uh, and they're doing emergency surgery on Guida Mista. Uh, by just stapling his wound shut and then, like, rolling a bunch of tape around it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good bit. It's like other, like, we probably need to take you to the hospital. And he's like, I don't fucking got insurance. Yeah, I mean, boy, Brexit really messed up things with the NHS. Am I right? Uh. I mean, Italy and England are basically the same thing. I mean, it's not the right era, but yeah, sure, I follow you. Well, not the right era, not the right country, tomato, tomato. Yeah. So, uh, when have is ever gotten in the way of a good joke? Or like this podcast in general. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so they're going to go off and get Pulpo's treasure. Uh, and they are, they, they meet up uh, with one of the Capos, uh, who is Paracolo, but before that sort of happens, like, Narencia runs afoul of, like, one of these two janitors that are outside by telling them basically to piss off. Yeah. And, like, one of them's just like, is your name Toilet? Is this your house? Because I, the only way that you could boss me around right now is if you lived here. I mean, Narancia is a small turd boy, so... Sure. And this this pisses him off. Uh, he gets into an altercation with this dude, uh, who turns out to be a lady. Uh, dude looks like a lady. Aerosmith, Narancia stand, oh. Aerosmith, see, see what I'm doing? Uh-huh. All I comes get back it. around. Get it? Except she didn't, like, look like a dude at all, but that's that anime thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're being drawn without tits in, like, up to a point, and then when someone goes like, actually, it's a lady, and now they visibly have breasts. Kind of. Except... Uh... That happens here. Mm. Uh, it it totally does. Okay. So, uh, short little dude, the other janitor, kind of comes up, and he's like, hey, my name's Paracolo. I look like a fucking weirdo, like every other JoJo's Bizarre Adventure character, and that's how you know I am important. <laughs> I'm not sure he is important, though, actually. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, he is one of the Capos, and he's come to collect Pulpo's treasure. It's basically a fee that Bucciarati's paying to become a Capo himself. Yeah, a tribute. Uh, the treasure is, yeah, uh, it is hidden inside a urinal that he has to unzip, and it just spills a bunch of gold. Yep, no explanation to like how that got in there. Oh, he zipped it up. He's a zipper man. Oh, did Bucciarati put it in there? Yeah. Like, they explained that the reason why the Bucciarati knows where the treasure is because Popo ordered him to hide it. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot so about that's why that. It's all, yeah, that's why it's all zipped up. Uh, and, yeah, like, he sort of checks the treasure and assesses its value and is just like, yeah, this is billions and billions of dollars, so sure, you're a capo, whatever. I did uh, look up the exchange rate um, on 10 billion liar, and that's about 6 million US dollars, so... That's yeah. funny. It's liar? I thought it was like Leary. I don't know. Mm. We're both probably wrong. Probably. Look, I mean, uh, Italian names and everything are much harder than Japanese names, because Japanese names at least are mostly just, like, phonetic. Yeah, everything ends in a vowel. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just Lear? I'm not sure. King anyway. Lear. Yeah. Norman uh, Lear. So he, he's a capo now, uh, but because he's now basically taken over uh, Popo's territory, or... Like, Popo was in charge of casinos and laundering money and a bunch of other stuff, and now Bucciarati is assuming his position. And so that means that one of the last jobs that Popo had that went unfulfilled needs to be picked up by Bucciarati, uh, which is protecting the boss's daughter. And that's when we get the whole thing where, like, that janitor is actually a chick. Shocking. Uh, named Trish. Yeah. Uh, Trish is the daughter of the boss. 
Um, the, the boss had a lover named Donatello, uh, who is now sick. What? Uh, Donatella? Yeah. That's... Did I say something different? No, never mind. Go ahead. Uh, so the boss's lover, uh, Donatella, Donatella, had a kid, and now the boss is like, just found out about her because Donatello is, like, seriously ill and is about to die. Uh, and because of that, like, a rogue group within the organization started to, like, investigate who the boss actually is. Uh-huh. Something something about a Salido Nasso. I I'm trying to remember how that sort of fits into things. Like I think that, it was an alias. Yeah, it was an alias that he used and that was what Trisha's mom knew him as. And so they go uh, looking for that name. But I don't know how that would actually really lead back to him. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh you know, the all this is stuff, also... by the way, is really good because, like, at the time, it was probably like, oh, it's very mysterious, I wonder who the boss is. Now, like, everybody knows he's just, like, this total freak with pink hair. And yeah, so, hair. Yeah, and seeing all this stuff of, like, a headless man in suit and stuff, like, it makes me wish he actually did look like that instead of yeah. j- just being another JoJo freak. Yeah, it's not a... Dude in like a full fishnet leotard. <laughs> no. With his fucking nips just hanging out for the whole world to see. Like, that just looks like a normal dude. Yeah. I wonder if like, maybe some... it, it was because, like, that was kind of what Kira was. And so he was like, oh no, this time I gotta make him d- real messed up. Sure. I also. I could see it being explained as, like, well, nobody knows what he looks like, so they just have this nebulous picture of, like, a stereotypical mafioso. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that that's what it is. I'm saying, like, I wish but, that was actually the reality. But the the thing that then does not work with that is all these people in the mob who themselves oh. dress like total freaks. <laughs> yeah. That's would a have point. a totally normalized picture of their boss in their head. Yeah, this one guy has Swiss cheese outfit. This other dude like had shoulder spikes, like he's from the Mario movie. Yeah, Guido Mista looks like he's dressing up as like crazy quilt every day of his life. It's like shocker, actually. Yeah, I. Ooh, man, now I just like Guido Mista even more. Uh huh. Guido Mista just wanders into a fucking comic book convention. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guess who I am? Shocker! No, I'm Guido Mista! They rope him into uh, a signing so... with the other superior foes of Spider-Man. It's Guido Mista sitting there with, like, Vulture. Man. Boom, Captain Boomerang. It's just sort of making me want to see, like, a Rocky's take on, like, Marvel Super... Captain Boomerang's DC. Who's the? I think it's just Boomerang. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. That wasn't there. Some dude whose whole thing is just that he has like really big stilts. Yeah, it's Stilt Man. Oh right, how could I forget? <laughs> His name's just Stilt Man. What else would he be called? Everyone remembers the Spider-Man villain Zipper Man. Oh yeah. It's up there with purple smoke. Uh huh. 
best DC villain fact, still Paste Pot Pete. You know, now that I'm starting to think about it, like all the American versions of the stand names this season sound like some fucking D-list Spider-Man villains. Yep. That kind of makes them a little better. Bomber. Yeah. Mm. Totally appreciating these names in a way that they did not intend. Well, as long as you get some enjoyment, that's what matters. Yeah, a little bit. So, uh, the mission is to protect Trish because a rogue group is after her because she could lead them to the boss who they want to kill for currently reasons unknown. Uh, we find out in a little bit, Take though. control. Like, what, why else would they do it? What we find out later is because they feel they don't get paid enough. Well, yeah, so they want like, to take control so they can get sure. more money. But, but they don't but know the inciting... that mo money means mo problems. Well, they should. Yeah. Because that song came out by them. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the inciting incident, though, is that they feel slighted because they do the dirtiest work, they do the hardest work, they have the best stands, and they get paid shitty. Uh-huh. So the, the like the driving factor here is is greed. They want to get paid more. Uh but well uh you you say greed but really they have a point. They do. Yes. Uh Trish then walks out. Uh she's now dressed like a gypsy and her ass crack is just sticking <laughs> yep. wide wide out there. <laughs> Yep, and they make a point of mentioning she's 15 before this, so we all know that we're going to jail. <laughs> Anime! Uh, I'm going to get stabbed in the yard because I watched this motherfucking cartoon. <laughs> Somebody's going to make some homemade napalm out of baby oil and things going to go real bad. Oh no. Don't tell the cops. I don't need this podcast admitted into the evidence. Uh, anyway, yes, 15-year-old ass crack uh, walks on out here, tells another 15-year-old to take off his shirt. Uh-huh. Actually, I don't know how old Panna Cotta Cheese is here, but... Probably somewhere around there. Because uh, he's 13 in that flashback. Yeah, but he's older than Narencia, and Narencia's 18. So he's probably something like 22. No, Narancia's older than him. Because he says something Wait, like that. He... he says, like, hey, I'm even older than you, even though I'm smaller. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, never mind. So, yeah, she tells this other 15-year-old to take a shirt off and then just, like, wipes her hands on it. Yeah. No real so, reason. Trish. Not digging her character so far because she sort of just seems like a dick. Because she's also out here just going like, "Oh, you need to go shopping for me. You need to buy all this expensive stuff in a bunch of Vogue magazines." I mean, at the same time, like if you were in her position and was like, "Hey, here are your bodyguards. They're a bunch of real weirdos." Uh, one of them kind of already got in a fight with you and tried to stab you. Uh, I think I can kind of understand yeah, I... it. I guess. I don't know. I feel she's making some unreasonable demands for someone whose life is in danger. Ah. Uh... I'd rather be dead than not drink this specific brand of water. I mean, Says I identify Trish. heavily with that. 
Uh, Look, well, Ice Mountain suck. or nothing. Try to give me some Dasani. Get out of here. It's disgusting. You both love Ice Mountain and Vogue and showing your asses. I get it. Yep. You find this character relatable. Uh-huh. You also dress like a gypsy. Well... Uh, so, the group decides to, uh, go hide out in the countryside. This reminded me of something, like, specific, and I'm now blanking on what it is. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, also, Looper. uh, Skyfall. Yes, also Skyfall. Yeah. I need to rewatch that movie, because I've been rewatching a bunch of the Bonds recently. Okay. Also been playing yeah. Goldeneye. I have. I beat Bunker on Double O Agent difficulty. So uh, at this point, if I don't beat the rest of that game, I'll still be satisfied. Yeah. That took me two days of playing it. Probably spent about eight hours just trying to beat that one level. Good times. So that proves that Dan Reichert is better at video games than you. Uh. It- my whole experience with Double O Agent I mean, difficulty so far is that Dan Riker is actually incredibly good at Goldeneye. Oh, okay. So you'll give him this one, even though sometimes it seems like he might not even be looking at the screen. Sure. No, he's actually pretty damn good and knows his way around that game. Uh, also, he might be benefiting from having like a clearer picture than I have because they're using a frame meister, and I suspect that the game does not appear as dark on their screen as it. Yeah, maybe. Like, I mentioned uh, the surface level. I could not see much more than, like, three feet in front of Bond because it's just straight up black. That was my experience when watching their video was, uh, like, at some point I kind of just went to another tab because it was like, I can't really even tell what's happening here anyway. I, I mean, it still looks pretty fucked up in their video. It still looks incredibly unclear and very difficult to play, but it looks even worse on my screen, so... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the whole gang's in the countryside. They're playing Goldeneye. Oh, good. Uh, I bet yeah. uh, Narancia plays his odd job. <laughs> yeah, he's a kind of a dickhead. So sure. Yep. Uh, speaking of Narancia, they're giving him a very specific job, uh, which is to go do all the shopping. Uh, he needs to like drive around in a particular pattern to make sure that nobody follows him. And uh, he is not paying attention to any of this. Nope. <laughs> it's just like, nope. oh, I need to drive this way so I don't get dizzy. Narancia, um is very stupid. I don't know if you noticed. It's like that uh, footage of George Lucas saying, we've never had a character as funny as Jar Jar, but it's Rocky saying, we've never had a character as stupid as Narancia. Well, like... Even up to this, like, whenever somebody is explaining something, Narancia is just, like, staring straight ahead like a dog. Like, he just does not understand what's happening around him. And Narancia has... Drool <laughs> forming at the corners of his mouth. Yeah, like, he just has zero interest in anything that's happening. He's just thinking about, like, the next time he's gonna be able to get some begging strips. <laughs> Yeah, like basically, it it would be like that bit where it zooms in on Homer's head, but in Narancia's head, it's just bacon, 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 bacon. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, yeah, so he doesn't know what he's doing or where he's going or what the mission even is, and Pan Panicata is, like, about to just straight-up murder him, and then Abaccio points out very cryptically that Narancia is maybe chosen for this because his stand would be the best at telling whether or not he's being followed. Uh-huh. Which is a good point. Uh, it is. Uh, but it does matter anyway because he gets found out pretty quickly uh, by a total fucking weirdo named Fermaggio. Yes, Mr. Uh, Cheese. Fermaggio. Yeah, he's way into putting cats in jars. <laughs> yeah. It's a good bit. <laughs> sure. It's not when you consider that he's fucking dead by the end of these episodes, and then so is that cat, because it's not getting out of the jar. Well, yeah, but still, you, you know, it's a good goof. <laughs> Bunch of people checking his apartment out afterwards, like landlord cleaning the place out and just going like, oh, sweet, jar cat. <laughs> I was thinking he would look at it and be like, I've heard of ships in bottles, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Looks at the camera and tugs his collar. How do you think he got the whole cat in there? <laughs> well, see, his little tweezers. Yeah, you, you don't put the whole <laughs> cat in there at once. You build it inside the bottle. That's the trick. Oh, man. I love you, Jar Cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So... So, yes. Uh, Formaggio's whole thing is that he can shrink... Uh, stuff, and that's how he gets the cat in there. Uh, he does this with his uh, stand called uh, Little Feet. Uh huh. Petite Feet. Fem feminine, feminine Step. step. He sounds, sounds like, like a lady, a lady when, when he's, he's walking, walking in the room. The room. Yeah. Glad uh, you thought of the same thing I did. I, <laughs> yeah. I thought that little, because I think they call them tiny feet in the, like, uh, uh -huh. in the English. Which made me just think of Princess Tiny Feet from Venture Brothers. Oh, sure. Yeah. This uh, this Stan's name is great pretty much no matter which way you slice it. But, like, I thought that the actual name would have been Tiny Dancer. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Little it's Feet not. was a band, though, but it um is spelled differently, I think. I think it's, like, F-E-A-T. Uh, mm. So... It, it's still kind of a pun, even in the original name. Yeah. either This is one of the ones, though, where, like, either way, it's it's a decent name. Yeah. Uh, I still like Tiny Dancer, but whatever. Missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. There might be a stand later on named Tiny Dancer. I don't know. Uh, Narancia's, though, is named Aerosmith, which is fitting that the worst stand of the group is named after just one of the worst bands. Uh, I like Aerosmith, actually. The band? No, the stand. Okay. No, not the band. What? What's wrong with you? I was very worried for a second that you thought that the band Aerosmith was good. No, the only good thing Aerosmith uh, made is Revolution X for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> where music is the weapon. Oh, that's that's just true. You gotta throw all those CDs out there. Uh huh. Uh, but no, like actually, I expected Aerosmith to be way lamer than it was and instead it's just like ah, i'm gonna shoot a ton of bullets at this car and explode it i was like okay that's all right i mean i mostly just wanted to make the joke about aerosmith being shitty and so a stand named after it would be shitty but yeah it's not actually that bad 
Yeah, like Moody Blues is actually probably the worst one, but it still has a really cool effect. Yeah. It's just not that useful <laughs> overall. Yeah, I, I do like that Nrancia sort of uses both of his arms as a runway for it. I think that looks cool. Uh-huh. I like, that. I like how I like he that, has that little, like, the intro. eyepiece thing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of, uh, he gets cut by little feet in his car, because uh, Formaggio, he shrunk himself down into a tiny little man, and then, like, reappeared normal size in the backseat, and was just like, hey, tell me about the boss's daughter. Uh-huh. Tell me all about her. What's she into? How 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 old is she? Uh well, she's um f- f- 15 years of age. Uh-oh, bad car, got to go. <laughs> Just hops out of his pocket and books it down the street. <laughs> Straight up running. I like all these uh, bits with little Formaggio in his pocket because it reminded me of small soldiers. Yeah. God damn it, I was going to bring that up. Small uh, soldiers, so, by the way, still not on Blu-ray, as far as I know. It's criminal. It is! It's one of Joe Dante's best movies. Like, Joe Dante's yeah. made a lot of good movies, but that one especially... Is, look, it's got Phil Hartman, it's got uh, David Cross... Um, yeah, it's got uh Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. Probably fifteen year old Kirsten Dunst. If you're into that. I don't know why I wanna say Dennis Leary was in that movie, but I don't think he actually uh, is. Oh maybe he is. Yeah, maybe he's like one of the um like CEOs at the toy I company. I thought that or like something? he was the CEO. Like that he was might the be one it. who's sort of like Responsible for all of this. That sounds right. I might be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, look up Dennis Leary. Tell me what he's been in recently besides uh, whatever Demolition that Man. show it. Rescue me. Uh, Dennis Leary is in Small Soldiers. He's Gilmar. So yeah. Oh, oh yeah, right. and uh, Dick Miller right. is in it. You know, from Gremlins. That's a totally worthless piece of information that's just occupying my brain, is knowing that Dennis Leary is in fucking Small Soldiers. Great! But awesome! Small Soldiers is good. Let's see. Oh, this right, is well, how brain tumors are formed, <laughs> by the way. Dennis Leary was in uh, the new Spider-Mans, because he was Captain Stacy. Oh, that's right. I forgot and about not that. Not Homecoming, but once before that. Oh. Uh, ba, 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 ba. He's in the show Animal Kingdom, based on the uh, movie. Never saw the show. Great. Remember when he did that song about him being an asshole? That was... Oh, yeah. Remember when he stole all those jokes from Bill Hicks? Yeah. Turns out he really was an asshole. (laughs) He just needed a verse about how he fucking stole all his jokes. You want to know most of the things he's been in, uh, they are Ice Age shorts. Ah, great. He was Diego, a voice. He was in Ice Age Collision Course. Ice Age, same. The Great Eggscabade. The same purgatory John Leguizamo has been relegated to. Uh, John Leguizamo has that um, one-man show that's yeah, no, on he's, Netflix. He's doing, he's doing stuff now, but I mean, just prior to that, like, oh, yeah. pretty much but It was nice when he showed up in John Wick. I was like, yeah, John Leguizamo. Yeah. I'm glad that he's going to be the next one of those two. Yeah. 
Karanchi is a little boy who's a big fan of Ice Age and also not a fan of grown men suddenly appearing in the backseat of his car. I would just like to mention that one credit here is Kiss My Ass with Dennis Leary short. And ass uh, is a dollar sign dollar sign. Gotta clean it up. Alright, uh, I'm going to guess I came out in 1997. 2012. It was right after Ice Age Continental Drift Arctic Games video game. Oh boy. <laughs> Man, I Rescue sure Me like had 93 episodes? There were 93 episodes of Rescue Me. Yeah. How were there 93 episodes of Rescue Me? I don't know, fires kept happening. Alright. I watched like it's, three or four episodes of that show. It was real bad. It's the same shit that drives me nuts about procedural crime shows where it's just like, I don't know, man, there's a lot of serial killers out there. Like, these things don't happen as often as they are portrayed in these shows. Like, I don't know how Rescue Me goes on for 90 plus seasons. Look, I understand that there's fires out there. That just seems unreasonable. Well, the weird thing is, though, Rescue Me seemed like more of a uh, like a serialized thing, more like a justified or whatever that should not have gone on that long. Sure. Like it wasn't yeah. really like it wasn't a fire of the week show. Um, <laughs> the best be thing, terrible. the best thing about it that I remember was well, tell that to Chicago Fire, which is still going strong. Uh, the best thing about, from what I remember, was that his dead brother or whatever that would keep appearing to him as a ghost was, um, I think it was him. He was the the voice of Max Payne. Oh, yeah. James McCaff- McCaffrey, I think? Sure. Yeah. Can I get back to this car? His oh, sure. He's in the car. He's got little feet, tiny feet, tiny, tiny feet, boy. Little tiny feet. Mm-hmm. Tippy tap. Tiny feet. Takes off his shoes, he wiggles his toes up in the air, he's just like, hey, Narencia, check out these tiny feet. <laughs> tiny feet? Oh, I got those tiny feet. <laughs> he's just, he's holding on to his little feet, rocking back and forth, going, I put them in my booties every night when I go to bed. <laughs> my mama made them for me. <laughs> I'm glad you're amused by this. Jojo's <laughs> uh, Bizarre Adventure is a good show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, he cuts Narancia uh, on the face, which, as you can imagine, pisses Narancia off. Yeah. Uh, I like how much of a dumbass Narancia is because he's just fucking kicking the shit out of this car, just screaming, I'm going to kill you. Uh, since the standout just shoots at Formaggio a whole bunch, it fucking drops a bomb on him. Uh-huh. Uh, but Formaggio is A-OK because he shrunk himself down into a tiny, tiny, little, tiny, tiny man, tiny boy, and skedaddled out of there, scurried away. Mm-hmm. Tiny dancing man. Yep. They shrink down a baguette for him. Mm-hmm. He's... <laughs> drinks... Drinks out of a thimble. I just realized that uh, Formaggio is basically Doll Man. <laughs> Except he can no change his size. Like 
Yeah. Full oh. Moon Pictures presents JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Formaggio versus Demonic Toys. Ah, uh, that is still the best trailer that has ever been made, that has ever been committed to film. Real good. Uh, if you have not watched the Dollman vs. Evil Toys trailer, you need to shut this podcast off and go do that. Demonic Toys, uh, we've mentioned it before. I know we have. I'm going to say, if you've watched that trailer, still, shut this podcast off. Go watch it again. Stop telling people to turn this off. You do that Unsubscribe a lot. Unsubscribe from our <laughs> podcast. Delete all episodes of our podcast from your iTunes playlist. You know, actually, I'm not going to dispute this one, so, all right. Unfollow Larry Davis from Mastodon. No, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Mute him, block him, do whatever you gotta do. Look, even you wouldn't follow me for, I don't know, months, so... I got around to it. Shut up. <sighs> okay, I, yeah, he... he to can... be fair, I followed the wrong account, but technically I did follow you. Yeah. Yeah, you... Okay, he kicks the car, uh, Formaggio shrinks yeah. down, hops in his little pocket. Yep. Uh, yeah, just hugs this boy's butt, uh, goes along for a ride. Talking uh, very loudly, too, about how he's hiding from him when he's, like, the size of a action figure, and you think that Naranzi would be able to hear him, but he can't, because uh, it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Even yeah. though people just monologue out in the open, everyone else seems real selective about when they're going to overhear something. Mm -hmm. Even though we find out later, he definitely is like saying it out loud because he's making enough carbon dioxide uh, that Aerosmith can detect it, so he should be able yep. to hear him. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. That's the episode. <laughs> that's the end of the episode. Uh, I went ahead and looked through the manga anime differences here. Not much this time. Oh, that's good. So, there will be some for the next couple episodes, but this time not really anything. Episode right. 10, The Hitman Team. Yeah. So, uh, we kind of get, like, another thing where he's doing, like, a recap of the previous episode. Uh... And Formaggio is still hiding in a butt pocket. Uh, so, like, this is, I think, the point where Narancia starts to realize that he's actually, like, shrinking down because he puts on, like, his shoe and it doesn't fit right. And he's just like, oh, this is weird. That, this can't be my shoe. I wonder whose big clown shoe this is. <laughs> he picks also, up his knife this and it's, knife like, is the size big. of a Bowie knife. Yeah. This knife is huge. This couldn't be my knife. This car got really big too. I who the fuck whose car is this? <laughs> I really like how it does show Formaggio just sitting there in his pocket, like, man, this kid's a dumbass. Yeah. Formaggio's just hanging there going like I knew this kid was dumb, but Christ, I'm just starting to feel bad for him. having a moment where he's just like wondering should I even do this like this just seems kind of wrong yeah like I'm taking advantage of him uh, so uh, when he realizes what's going on he decides to go run for a payphone uh, but when he gets to the pads to like open these automatic doors to get inside to use a payphone they won't open because he's no longer heavy enough and let me tell you 
children are able to open automatic doors at yep. like grocery stores and stuff. They don't they're not so weightless that the machine doesn't even recognize them as being a human being. Yep, I had the same issue with this part because I was like he, he's not even like toddler size yet and like a toddler could still trigger an automatic door like that. Uh, I weigh 124 pounds, and whenever I go to the grocery store, I have to leap into the air and slam my feet <laughs> down on the pad, or it will not permit me to enter. So this is very accurate. You have a very hard life. That's right, thank you. I also have tiny feet. Well, you know I what they say about it. tiny feet. Yeah, we got... Huge cocks? That's how that works? Yep, that's it. That's weird, because mine's not huge, so... Hmm. Anyway, let's get through this episode so I can go to sleep inside of my sock. Okay. Because I'm a little tiny, tiny boy. We'll just both bunk in a sardine can like the cover of Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys. That's right. Uh, so, he cannot, like, uh, he can't reach the phone now, or no, he does, he, like, climbs up onto, like, the, the stand where the phone is, and uses his stand to, like, bust open the coin dispenser, because all his coins have shrunk down with him. Uh, so he's hefting these coins in, but then notices that, like, the phone lines have been cut, uh, by Formaggio, who at some point must have expanded his size cut the cords without Rancia noticing, and then truck himself back down? Yep, I guess so. Because Rancia's it, real dumb. Well, it's because of this that Narancia realizes that Formaggio is close. Narancia has the situational awareness of, like, a cow. Like, you could just walk up to him and tip him over, and he would not know what to do with himself. I mean, I'm not sure that's really about situational awareness. I think that's more about just, like, the structure of a cow, but okay. Well, I don't know anything about livestock. I'm not, not pretending to be an expert here. Well, the problem with cow tipping is it breaks the cow's ribs. Like, that's why it's not just like, ah, the cow fell down. It's like, oh, that cow's probably gonna die now. That's easy, guilt-free meat, then. How's it guilt-free? Well, the cow fell over, and now it's going to die of natural causes, because it's going to, like, starve to death. It's not natural causes if you're the one tipping it over. Sure it is. You tipped it over, that didn't kill the cow. The cow died of something that's, like, tangentially related to being tipped over, but it's not the thing that killed it. Like, if I tipped a cow and it was a hot, sunny day, and the cow died of heat stroke, how is that my fault? You know, you got a good point. Can't argue with it. All I know is I'm getting burgers either way, so I'm cool with it. Great. Want to go cow tipping after? Yeah, sure. Alright. So... Uh, this plan is not exactly panned out well for Narancia, but he has now noticed that Formaggio's in his, uh, butt pocket, so he pulls him out, starts squeezing him like Vegeta when he turned into a great ape. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, 
And then Arrows, uh, not Aerosmith, my my bad. Formaggio uh, pulls out a mechanical pencil, or was it a pen? I can't remember. It was a pen. Oh, it's a pen. Yeah. Uh, does a real good goof here, where like he makes the pen bigger and he pushes down the uh, the little plunger on the top, so that when it expands, this like it pops back out and it sends him flying out of the building and then it also becomes so big and heavy that it just like drops into Narancia's hand and stabs him. Yeah. Well, I don't know that's because it's like big and heavy. I think it's just cuz it expands so quickly. It's basically uh, stabbing that, that... him. Um by the way, uh does Narancia like have any wound on his hand after this? Cuz I don't think he does. Oh, of course not. It's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Okay. Look, Abashio loses a fucking hand at the end of this set of episodes, and I bet it's just there when we pick up again. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he He's doesn't. Ca- he is crawling around without a no, hand. No, he, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. You watched an extra episode, you idiot. Oh, that's right. That episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I keep saying. <laughs> Thanks for the spoiler, though, because I haven't uh, seen that well, one. Well, he chops his hand off, just so you know. Great. Yeah. Oh, uh, he's well. Who also? Who cares? He's going to get it back. It's JoJo's bizarre adventure. Hands come and go. Ugh. <laughs> We dealt with whole severed arms in the last season, and people were fine. Yeah. Uh, also, there's way more to that episode than just him losing a hand, so whatever. Uh, actually, though, I, I got confused because I did think that that like, happened in the ending to the one that's at the end of the set, but I guess nope. that maybe that actually happened in the one following, so my bad. Um, but... Uh, he uses Aerosmith again to find out where Formaggio is uh, and kind of, like, chases him into a drain pipe. Or not drain pipe, but, like, a drainage ditch. Pipes. Uh, like... Well, there is a pipe in there that's just fucking full of rats. Yeah, rat pipe. I don't... I don't ever want to, like, look down a pipe and see that many rats in the pipe. Don't want to have your own rat pipe? No, I don't want a rat pipe. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Look, yeah, he's in the sewer like, now. You just befriend them like Crispin Glover did, and then you'll have your own rat or, army. Or Formaggio, because he just rides around on one like a horse. Sure. He has a way with the animals. Yeah. Just like sorry, you have a way getting, with not putting sorry. your phone on vibrate. Yep. Hold on. Oh, that's very good news. It's super exciting. Hey, Larry, due to your new medical breakthroughs, I'm able to get uh, braces fully funded. Oh. I'm a Because I'm a 31-year-old man, and I need braces. Well, congratulations. I can't wait to have normal teeth. Wait, did they actually mean dental braces, or was it, like, knee braces? <laughs> I, I need, like, a full body brace to fix what I've got going on with me, so... Mm. Any part of that would be good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. R- rat I... army. It's riding the rats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like the popular phrase, riding the rats. Mm-hmm. Rats off to you. Oh. Yeah. Uh we I think this is like where the flashback kicks in though, is oh. like he's fallen into the water and he's still getting found out about Aerosmith, and we get like a flashback. because uh, So I guess like the people in the assassination group that he's a part of uh think that he has a really lame stand. I disagree because he shrunk down an entire car and slipped it like a Mickey into somebody's drink, and then they drank the car, and then he expanded it, and the car just fucking bursts out of the top of this guy's body, and then also crushes the date that he was with. Yeah, which that, probably not really intended, but happy accident on his part. (laughs) Yes. Because, like, if you see something Uh, like that happen, I don't know why, I mean, it's that... You know, that movie TV show thing of someone would just stand there and scream instead of, like, moving. Yeah. And this uh, terrifies one of his uh, companions named Pesci, who looks like a sapient carrot. Yep. Doesn't look uh, at all like but... Joe Pesci. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, so, like, that seems like a useful stand power if your deal is assassinations, because you could just drop cars into people's food. It does, at the same time, also just drop poison in there. Well, that's a lot less interesting. It is, probably more effective. Uh, I I mean, I'm going to say that guy he assassinated is really stupid because he didn't notice he swallowed a Hot Wheels. Because it was not (laughs) that small. The amount of times that people end up in the hospital because a Hot Wheels ended up in their butt. That that's not from swallowing it. No, they just fall down on it accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, doctor. I am accidentally fell on this cucumber. I swear, I don't know how that vibrator ended up in there. I mean, I was just changing this light bulb, and then before I knew it, it was in my ass. The thing that always freaks me out about that is the light bulb is completely intact. Well, yeah. I hope I, so. I mean, yes, like, it's better than it being shattered inside someone's anus, but I'm surprised that the pressure of one's own ass does not break the light bulb. I am also surprised at that because I, uh, long ago, in the wild days of the internet, had seen a video where something like that happened with the mason jar. The mason jar is a lot harder to break than a oh, light bulb. Yeah, yeah it is. So, the assassination group, uh, which does not earn its name by shoving mason jars and light bulbs up people's asses, thankfully. Not yet. Uh, they, they talk about, like I said before, uh, they don't, they're underpaid and they want more money and they want to uh, take all the power for themselves and they need to figure out who the boss is. Uh, but in the process of uh, cooking up this scheme, a couple of their teammates named Sorbet and Gelato, uh, who are romantically entwined, uh, the first uh, openly gay characters in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, although they do not stick around for long. Also, openly is the important part of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, still not sold on the idea that 
more than let's say ninety percent of this cast isn't gay. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with it though. I mean, whatever. So <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Look. Neurancia can be into whoever Neurancia wants to be into. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with Abashio's love life as long as he's not making people drink his pee-pee. Also, we know um Araki definitely intended this stuff. It's not like for example, Blizzard deciding, oh, by the way, Soldier 76 is gay. <laughs> Never mind uh, all that stuff about him and Anna flirting in the past. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. No, it's almost like they just picked the two characters that were the most prominent and decided very arbitrarily that they were gay because that sure seems progressive. Yeah. Even and though not at all, like... Junkrat and Roadhog are together. Obviously. Yeah, what the fuck? Junkrat is the most... Junkrat is the most extremely bisexual character I've ever encountered in my 31 years of living. <laughs> and he is just wallowing in purgatory. That's, yeah. Blizzard does not want to give any love to our beautiful boy Junkrat. Let Junkrat and Roadhog's romance be open and free. I already know Junkrat has a thing for May. That is how I know that he is defo bisexual. Yeah, but like he he's committed to Roadhog. Just let me have this Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, but sure, Soldier 76, eh, whatever, great. This character that is patently uninteresting is now gay, and that is the most interesting thing about him. Next, they're going to say that Torbjorn is gay, too, even though he had that whole thing where he was <laughs> yeah. writing a letter to his wife, and also he has a daughter in the game. Like, right. 17 kids. Yeah. Which, like, that was that was the joke that I always made, is because in that whole Christmas special thing where he has, like, a ton of kids and a wife, and Reinhardt is there, and I was like, I bet you, like, those kids are actually Reinhardts, because, like, Torbjorn <laughs> is such a pure man that he, like, he's never slept with his wife, he's never kissed his wife, because this is, like, too pure and innocent for him. He's just been told that, like, holding hands is how they had kids, and he just believes that God bless his little heart. And Torbjorn's basically Goku. Yeah. All right. Like, his wife's just making the rounds, but, like, Torbjorn is too simple to understand what's really happening. In that shot He's of the all deal. of his kids, it would just be, like, one of them looks like Zarya for some reason. He's the Dale Gribble of Overwatch. <laughs> yeah. That's a Torbjorn of an idea. Uh-huh. Man. Anyway... How, how many people have we just defended with this whole conversation? None, I hope, because the thing is, I brought up, like, I wonder how many people who like, or who are like, oh yeah, it's great, Soldier 76 is gay. I wonder how many of those people really hated the stuff where J.K. Rowling was like, by the way, Dumbledore's gay. Even though there's nothing yeah. actually about it, because it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, and I I have zero issue with any character in any media being gay. What I have an issue with is when it just comes across as something that's totally arbitrary, like somebody just wanted to pat on the back. Yep, which is exactly what this is. Good job, Blizzard! Let Roadhog and Junkrat fuck. (laughs) Put it in the game. Do it, cowards. If you you donate 
$15 a month to my Patreon, uh, you will unlock a very special comic about Ooh. Roadhog and... Yeah. They definitely fuck in that one. Need to look up some uh, SFM gifts. I tell you right now, there ain't nothing romantic about it either. It's just <laughs> fucking. There's nothing but carnal desire. That's right. <laughs> Junkrat would be described in BDSM terms as a primal. Oh. Right. So. <laughs> Man. It's a good thing I don't play Overwatch anymore for like a variety of other reasons, but. Yeah. Right. I can't remember if it was you who linked it or if I just saw it on Twitter somewhere, but it was like somebody saying. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that Soldier 76's phrase during his ultimate is, I'm powered by cock! <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was me. That's a great Mastodon post from uh, Best Girl Grace. Uh, shout out. It's a good account to follow. She's great. Yeah, it's really good. Man. So, uh, speaking of gays, uh, Sorbet and Gelato, <laughs> they also are dead. Uh-huh. So that's it. I can't, yeah, I can't remember which one. If it was Gelato, who I think it was Gelato suffocated to death on like a rag that was stuffed in his mouth, and he was forced to watch Sorbet get like dismembered. And Sorbet's body parts are sent back to the group in these like um, in these frames and these slides that, when stacked end to end, would like form a full vertical slice of his body. Yeah, it's cool. Also, this is the point where I realized, uh, good on them for pretty much removing all censorship this season. Yes. Because yeah, that is, there's nothing uh, blacked out here. Yep. Uh, also, the whole virus thing in the following yeah. episodes is not blacked out, and that seems like something that totally would be considering the whole thing with the rats. Uh-huh. So, that's nice. I'm I'm glad that they're, uh... But they're keeping an open mind this season. Mm-hmm. Wonder if, um, like in Japan, it got moved to a different time or something this time, so yeah, they maybe. don't have to censor it as much. I'm not sure. Uh, so they realized that this was the boss's way of saying, uh, "Hey, how about you stop? Cut it out." <laughs> hey, cut it out! Oh, got an email from the boss. It just says, "Cut it." Out and it has a clip art of a pair of scissors with googly eyes on it. <laughs> a picture of Uncle Joey from Full House. <laughs> this doesn't have a subject line or anything. I'm I'm not sure what this is supposed to mean. But I am shaken. So And by uh, the way, I would like to point out something here because I know you've well I guess it actually doesn't matter that you've never seen The Godfather because this isn't in the movie from what I recall, but uh, the okay. whole thing of like cutting up one guy and another guy uh, like suffocating while watching it is a direct reference to The Godfather. Like That's something Luca oh. Brasi did. Well, neato. Uh-huh. Again, I had mentioned that's... before like this part is basically Araki saw The Godfather or I guess in this case read it because I think that's only in the book. Um, so, there you go. All By right. The, way, the well, book of the uh, Godfather, not that good. 
Don't recommend it. So, uh, the group decides that maybe they should stop with the whole finding out who the boss is thing, at least until they hear about Trish, and then they just decide, yeah, we want more of that. Yeah? Starting to understand why they maybe don't get paid as much as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... What's the name of the dude uh, with the blue hair that freaks out a lot? <clears throat> uh... Jocko? Jocko? Something like that? Jocko or something, yeah. Wacko Jacko. This reminded me of a million other anime scenes where you have, like, the bad guy group and, like, the main bad, bad guy has silver hair and, like, red eyes, and there's always some dude with blue hair with, like, a laptop. Like, I swear to God that happens, like, the blue-haired laptop person is a thing in Kill the Kill. Okay. And, like, at least one other anime that I've seen. I think, like, Bleach or something like that has done this thing where it's like, oh, the bad guy group's in a lounge, and there's one dude with, like, a laptop, and then the main bad guy's, like, some really moody-looking pretty boy. I'd, it all seemed like maybe this was the first time something like that happened, because, like, the manga of this is fairly old at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that everything else is, like, aping off of it? I... I don't, I don't know. know. You're, you're the anime expert. I might just be misremembering a lot of things, but it just sort of, I had this very, like, I've been here before feeling when I saw that group assembled for, like, the first time. Okay. I didn't. I don't know. Someone, by the way, asked me today if they should go back and rewatch Yu Yu Hakusho, and I told them absolutely not. Uh, I mean, I would say yes, but just stop. At a certain point. I, I did eventually relent and say, yeah, stop at the dark tournament. Uh, they did not know anything about Josuke, or not Josuke, Yosuke, uh, being a demon. And I think yeah. when I mentioned that, I kind of sold them off of it, so. Yeah. Hooray. Uh, is still in the sewer. So, you know, doing sewer stuff. By the he's way, taken all his clothes mention, off, he's held um... it over his head so they don't get wet. Yeah, I, I should mention here during this flashback of, like, the Hitman team, it is the first appearance of uh, Risotto, who uh, yeah. you, you, like, we're both familiar with from Salty Bet, because uh, Metallica really messes dudes up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just so I'd don't, mention it. Don't burn the fucking Risotto. Well, no. Chef Ramsay will get on you for it. Yeah. Chef Ramsay's stand is the only thing that can stand up against risotto. What would Chef Ramsay's stand be? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm actually not sure. I usually got something in mind when you ask me one of these things, but this one I'm genuinely, like, blanking on. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, the easy answer would be something like Tonio's. Well, yeah. It'd have to be cooking related. Maybe something kind of like a Majin Buu, where he could like turn people into food. Yeah, maybe. Like the name of the stand would have to be. Uh, oh God, what's the theme song they use for Hell's Kitchen? Fire. I thought of that. I thought of like maybe Ohio Player or something, but that seems kind of awkward. Yeah, that does. Yeah, I don't know. 
Uh, oh, I know. Disco Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty good. That would be surprising if that's not actually a stand name at some point in this series. Yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, yeah, Primaggio is still in the sewer. Uh, he's realizing that Aerosmith can detect carbon dioxide. Uh, that is how he's been tracking them the entire time. So, well, uh, he decides no. to hide in a he, bunch. He realizes that he can. he's tracking them based on breath. He doesn't figure out it's carbon dioxide yet, because otherwise he would have noticed oh, like, he, the car stuff. He specifically mentions carbon dioxide. Uh, I don't know that he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Uh, but he decides that the solution to this predicament is to just hop on his rat and ride. Get on your rat and ride. Yeah. That's my favorite Aerosmith song. <laughs> That's not Aerosmith. I don't know about that. So, Narancia, uh, he sees like a group, like a huge cluster on his little radar thing and realizes it's a group of rats. But he sees that one of them is breathing more heavily, like something is being carried on its back. So he shoots that one, uh, and Formaggio gets lit up, but he grows back into normal big boy size, so it doesn't kill him. Yeah. Basically, like, getting shot a bunch with BB gun or something. Yeah, because he's also like, oh, well, you're, like, super, you're tiny, teeny tiny, little tiny boy, and I'm a big man. Big, strong, tall, fully grown adult man. So your stand is too weak. That's the end of the episode. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Uh, okay. There, explains there... it exactly like that, and then the episode just ends. Okay, there are some manga MA differences here. Uh, I think like all of that flashback with the Hitman team is like pretty different. It's a lot more elaborate elaborate than it originally was um but the most important one here is uh, an original scene of team bucciarati waiting for narancia is added as trish grows impatient for her mineral water so does sex pistols due to not having lunch meanwhile fugo goes from being frustrated with narancia running late to genuine worry for him something giorno takes notice of like yeah. that's kind of the most important thing Oh, and um, uh, instead of bleeding, Aerosmith catches on fire. Which actually, I, I kind of would prefer if it just was bleeding. Yeah. So, uh, Narasia is still tiny, 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 teeny, tiny, and uh, Viragio is big, and obviously this poses a problem. Uh-huh. So is like, fuck this, I'm out. Uh, he starts running away towards a bunch of bottles. A cat tries to attack him. I'm cat surprised. <laughs> yeah. Cat came out of the bottle. Just popped out of the top like a fucking Mario warp pipe. Uh-huh. Narancia just runs up and goes, ah, cat bottle! And then shoots it. Yeah. Well, that's what you do with a cat bottle. You put the cat in the bottle, then you line all your cat bottles up, and then you take pot shots at them. I don't know what you're doing over there. Out in the wildlands of Utah. Look, you gotta have something to do in the desert to keep you keep keep yourself busy. It's it's pretty much just this and RPGs. Hmm. 
Okay. I mean, who am I to judge? You shoot some cats and bottles, and then you sit your butt down and you play Kingdom Hearts. Now Both that's the of these life. are things that a totally sane, rational, normal person would do. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, I think one of those is much more sane than the other. And that shooting at cat bottles. <laughs> uh, so Formaggio shows up and empties a whole crystal Pepsi onto... Narancia's head. <laughs> He's like, hey, Narancia, check it out. Crystal Pepsi's back. It's a limited edition. Crystal Her- Pepsi fucking sucks, he yells <laughs> well, while dumping the drink out on his head. Yeah. He's like, I also heard they're bringing back Ecto Cooler. Remember Ecto Cooler? Starts squirting it on him through the little straw. Hmm. Um. So it's got Slimer uh, on the box. Slimer's bigger than you. <laughs> Slimer's so, a horrible uh, potato man, just like Pesci. Pesci's my pal. Pesci's that friend that everybody makes fun of in their group of friends. You know, like you. <laughs> Uh, so Formaggio gets him pinned under his foot, and he's going to crush him unless he gives up information on Trish. And uh, we get a flashback then uh, about Narancia's past this time, because we get one for everybody. Now it's his turn. Uh, yeah. These are getting The year old. was 1984. Oh, wake up. It's 1984. Wake up. We've been here before. Yep, that's it. It's 1984. It's 1984! Don't you listen to me! a little kid, uh, and his mom has a horrible eye disease. And yeah. eyes. Uh, nobody uh, elaborates on what this disease is? No, just that it's an eye infection. Antibiotics apparently did not exist in Italy in 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I wonder father, if it's like uh, actually like ocular cancer or something. Yeah, I'm not. Well, it, yeah, it's a little weird because, well, we'll get there in a second. Uh, because first, Narancia's father is like very dismissive of him and like neglectful. And so Narancia turns to a life of crime uh, where he's stealing uh, from like a bakery and stuff. And he's kind of given some of it back to this guy who he calls Bro. Uh, and Bro, uh, who has blonde hair, suggests that Narancia dyes his hair blonde. Uh, this is all part of a con <laughs> to frame Narancia for beating up an old woman and robbing her, which Bro actually did himself. But Narancia looks suspiciously like Bro with his hair dyed. It, no, he doesn't. Like, I'm gonna blame he that looks, old lady for this one. <laughs> he looks close enough that a stupid old lady with shitty old lady eyes would not tell the difference. Okay. I mean, I'm not denying the fault is on the old lady here, but I'm saying... They just they just wander this poor, confused old woman into the police department. She thinks she's here to talk to someone about why her papers aren't getting delivered on time. And just sees a kid with blonde hair and goes, Oh, no, he beat me up! Yeah? He stole my denture cream! 
<sighs> Got anything you want to share with the class? And my Ding's royal cookie jar that I was keeping yarn inside. Thanks, Royal are pretty good though, actually. It's... Yeah, they are. Yeah. I mean it's it's I'm like one... people talk mess about uh, Werther's originals because uh they're, oh, they're, no, they're great. Old, old person candy, but yeah, they're great. They're just hard oh, caramel. I... What's wrong with that? At work they had the sugar free mocha Werther's originals that yeah. I used to buy all the those are good. And I'd eat them uh until I would shit and shit and shit. The caramel apple ones are pretty good too. It, those have a lot of um aspartame in it, which uh is not good on Who the stomach. Who cares? That's no, I fine. mean yeah, it, it is it does mess your stomach up though. Like whenever I would eat those things, they no, would No, it's me fine. I mean, Don't be look, one of those weirdo it. truthers who's like, ah, it's gonna kill ya. No, no, no. Eat no. all that aspartame, like, it's gonna give you a cancer. No, it just makes your tummy feel a little bit upset, that's all. Like, Not I would mine. still eat it. I My stomach felt miserable after eating those. I kept buying and eating them. Yeah, well, my gut's made a stronger material than yours. All everybody says. No, it was like the same thing as those like uh, sugar-free gummy bears that was making people have oh. like explosive diarrhea. Yeah, I think that like might have actually been because of something else, but it, it was the same stuff between them. Like was in the Werther's originals thing, uh. which again I was fine with. They were delicious. I would eat a whole bunch of those gummy bears too because I'm stupid and I do not know when to stop. All right. Yeah. I'm uh, much like a child in that I will keep doing something incredibly harmful for myself because I won't know when to stop. Unless somebody tells me. Good times. No, actually, dangerous bad times. Hey. So, hey. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Good times? No. Good times. <sighs> yeah, good times. Speaking of good times, Narancia went to jail. Yeah. For a crime he did not commit. Hard time. Uh, also, a cop punched him in the eye, and now he has an eye infection that is not healing, uh, which is where things get weird because he starts thinking he has his mom's eye disease. He just has an eye infection, though. He just needs some antibiotics. Yeah. Uh, and apparently goes around with this eye infection for, like, a long fucking time when, like, he should have sepsis by this point. Yeah. Like, he looks like so, he just went 10 rounds with Ivan Drago, too. Yeah. Cut the eye. <laughs> I gotta have uh, to open you up. So, he ends up bumping into Bro again. He's just like, oh, gross. Sick. Sick eye, man. Get, uh, get away from me. Yeah. No I want like, gratitude at all that he took the fall for him. Yeah. Just shows up and is like, hey, you know, I'm sorry about what happened. Oh my god, what happened to your eye? <laughs> oh, hey, they let you out already. <laughs> Get away from me. <laughs> oh no, bro, don't don't hurl. If you hurl, I'm going to see your hurl, then I'm going to... Oh. Go away. Go away. I don't want... 
I don't want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Oh, God. I was, I'm imagining everyone having to dance around this eye problem like that <laughs> scene in this world, too. Yeah. No one wants to draw attention to it. Uh, but one day, a complete fuck freak named Penacotta shows up and sees Narancia eating out of a trash can. He's like, hey, uh, this guy looks like he's got moxie. Yeah, I want to go buy him uh, some spaghetti. Let me get you Once a nice of spaghetti. The restaurant is just like, somebody feed this boy spaghetti. Which <laughs> just says it like a Lawrence Fishburne in John Wick 2. Will somebody please get this boy some spaghetti? Stands behind him watching the meat, whispering, That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> fifteen dollars, fifteen meatballs. That's a dollar ah, a meatball, yes. baby. Yes. Very good. Uh, gabagoo. <laughs> Here we go with the gabagoo again. Every episode, there's a gabagoo hidden somewhere in Stand and Deliver. Can you spot them all? It's probably not hard, because I think I <laughs> reprimand you for it every time. Uh, so, he eats some spaghetti and then he's all better. Yeah. That's all it takes. I mean, that's how it works in Italy. Yeah. You get hurt, you just eat some spaghetti, you're fine. No, it gives you HP back. Yeah. yeah I mean, Guida missed it. That's why he didn't want to go to the hospital. He didn't want somebody rubbing a bunch of spaghetti sauce on his stomach. <laughs> no. He's got, places, he's got places to go. He's got to do things. His I don't need to listen to those marrons giving me some marinara. Rubbing me down with a fettuccine. Butcherati, I need to get this boy some spaghetti, stat. Oh, mamma mia. Butcherati just looks at him and goes, I'm marinara. <laughs> if I, I really if, need if part I dip, five to be over. I dip his hands in this pasta fajoule. Ah, a grazie, a grazie. <laughs> uh, being racist against Italians is fun. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> I mean, look, they have it coming. <laughs> this is the worst episode of this podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I don't know, I think it's alright. So far. Oh, God. So, <laughs> he takes Popo's test later on and turns out he has a stand now. The end. That's Narancia's backstory. Hooray. Which means, once again, we can finally return to this fight, which is taking three episodes to get through. Yeah. Ah, uh, Narancia's like, fuck you, I'm not telling you where the hideout is, and Fabricini is just like, oh. Oh, no, you dropped a map, so I'm gonna. Uh, yep, no, you marked where she is, you stupid fuck. 
Really yep. gone done it this time. Yep. So, uh, actually, like before that happens, he so he shoves Narancia into a bottle. That's right. Comes back around. Oh, a Narancia bottle. It'll look great next to my cat bottle. Mm-hmm. So he also puts a spider in there, and it's just like, hey, you know, let me explain to you how spiders work. Let me just sit all informal here and wrap with you. Uh, I mean, most spiders. Narancia is so stupid that uh, it makes sense he would not know how spiders work. Yeah. So you see, spiders, if they bite you, is like no big deal. There's um like black widows in America, and like those can be poisonous. I guess if like you're a baby or an old. Yep. So anyway, uh, he tells Narancia <laughs> that. On. Come on. You can mute that. <sighs> I'm sorry, it just came out when I was trying to talk. I take back what I said, you're right, this is the worst. <laughs> I would have held it in if I knew, it just sort of happened. I'm so sorry. No, you aren't. <laughs> Please cut that out. No! Just go ahead. Go, go, go. Okay. Look, I I only cut out when you say slurs on accident. (laughs) Had to do last episode. I don't know how much that's accidental, but okay. Mm. (sighs) Look, we had to build a wall to keep all the Neuroncias out. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Did you see that he said that Mexico is going to pay for it indirectly due to trade deals. No, they're not. That's what they're he not said. Going to do that. He's like, no, well, you know, they they are going to be paying for the wall indirectly. They said no, which, as it turns out, was literally the only thing they had to do to stop us. Nobody could have seen that coming. If somebody comes up to you and says, "Hey, you want a wall?" You just say no. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Walking. 80s, that was what, you know, they thought that people would just go around, they would build walls for people, just to get them hooked. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you, get, you get a little taste of a border fence, and then before you know it, you're on to the harder stuff. Yeah, yeah, first, first taste talking, is always free. rebar and... Oh, God. So, yeah, anyway, so... You know, a bottle is a lot like a wall in that Narancia really just can't get out of it. He's (laughs) trapped. He's stuck where he's at. Uh He can't integrate back into the rest of society. He's just in here with a spider. Uh, The bite's him in the neck. That doesn't seem, you know, good. No, because now he's good. paralyzed and he's just like squirming around and then uh, the spider's gonna like bite into his guts and liquefy everything. Yeah. I don't like this. Mm, no, I don't either. I don't want liquid guts. So, <sighs> earlier Narancia like shot at him and missed, but he was actually aiming for the gas tank of the car that they're next to, and he does this whole thing about how he's like, actually, I'm smart, because I understand how carbon monoxide works, and like, uh, this car's gonna blow up, and you're gonna catch on fire, and then I'll be fine. 
Uh, and it goes according to plan, like, Ravaggio catches a flame, and uh, Narancia grows back into normal size. Uh, just bust him through the glass, I guess, of that bottle. Uh-huh. And yeah, then I, I'm not sure Ravaggio also... does something that I don't think would actually work, which is slit his fucking wrist open and bathe in his own blood to put the gasoline fire out. Yeah. I think it only works because he also shrunk down as he did it, so it'd make it easier to douse it. Um, I'm not sure why Narancha grows here, because Formaggio isn't dead yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, but Formaggio is also now a horrible burn victim. Uh-huh. He's really fucked up. And, like, it, it does sort of black some of this out, but you do just get to see it later, so it seems like it was maybe more of a stylistic thing. Yeah, I, I think that was just supposed to be, like, in shadow where he's moving forward. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Narancia loses sight of him again because he's uh, shrunk him... Excuse me, shrunk himself down. Uh, and so Narancia's solution is to blow up every car nearby so he doesn't have a means to escape. Also doesn't really make sense Because he could just stay away from the cars Yep uh, So Well I mean keep in mind Formaggio knows where everybody is So he needs to like stop him there Yeah So not giving him a car would Prevent him from really escaping in general But I know but I'm saying Formaggio uh, they... Could just get away Oh sure uh, th Well he doesn't because they have a standoff uh, Amid all these flames yeah. And uh, Narancia manages to shoot him dead. Yep. Uh, but, and then back on the vineyard... But Formaggio is uh, just like, yeah, well, it doesn't matter because now everybody's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah, but he's totally dead. Yes. So, I'm glad we're back, uh, back to a point where the enemy stand users are just dying. Yeah. Like, it's been a while since we had like a murderous group of main characters <laughs> yeah uh, so uh, everyone kind of meets up and uh, Giorno's just like hey you know we you guys are saying we should probably get out of here because they know where we're at but uh, I think we should stay because I would assume that the boss is concerned about her daughter and would know about this would probably tell us what to do and then Abaccio's just like don't say stupid things Stupid, stupid, stupid man. And then Guido's like, oh, we gotta call for the boss. Hey guys, boss called. Came in over the wire. As like uh, that Abashio is still just not letting this completely pointless grudge die. Yeah. It's just immediately like, that's a stupid thing that you said. Hey, you dumbass. Hey, moron! The boss says we're gonna leave, we're gonna leave! Ah, uh, can you believe listening to these marons? Uh, anyway, next, uh, that, actually, that's the end of the episode, so, never mind. Well, uh, no, the message they get is they have to go to Pompeii. Oh, okay. They're supposed to get a key that's near the dog picture or something. And so yes. Br Bruno uh, uh, is like, all right, well, I'm sending Panicata, Giorno, and Abacchio. Yeah. Okay, the my... characters you need to bond the most right now group up. <laughs> yeah, it's a team building exercise. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, Mega anime differences. There are a few for this one. Um, I thought were worth mentioning. Uh, for much. <clears throat> for Machio questioning if Aerosmith's bullets would leave bald spots on his head and inserting Narancia into the bottle is omitted. I really like that that was for Maggio's, like, concern. It's like, well, I hope these bullets don't leave bald spots on my head. Yeah. It's cute. Uh, yeah. The footnote that informs the viewer for Maggio is deceased doesn't appear in the anime, making his death more ambiguous in this version. I don't know how it's ambiguous when he got shot in the head multiple times, but alright. Yeah, he ambiguously died from gunfire. Yeah. The ambiguously dead duo. Uh, yeah, it's like you get shot 12 times, then the gunman's just like, I wonder what killed him. <laughs> Who killed Hannibal? Yeah. It, it, it does kind of make me upset that... Uh, who killed Hannibal became like a meme when that's not actually the funny part. The funny part is the Twin Peaks bit after that. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the scene in which <coughs> Narancha reunites with the rest of the group is a bit different. In the manga, there's no dialogue while Giorno's looking at Trish, whereas in the anime, Fugo can be heard telling Narancha to repeat the story and to take the fact that the enemy found out their location more seriously. In addition, the menacing sound effects can be seen in the manga as the panels zoom in on Trish, but they don't appear in the anime adaptation. Neither does the close-up of Trish's face. Which makes you wonder why that would be happening with a close-up of Trish. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Is it because she's menacing? Uh, maybe. Hmm... We'll find oh, out. Could it... Giorno, Fugo, and Bakio, they're going to Pompeii. Yeah, taking a field trip. Yeah, they're going to go uh, check out this puppy, puppy dog uh, mosaic uh, that has a key located next to it that will power a vehicle that will take them uh, to safety or like wherever they need to go take Trish to. Let's take a... Uh, let's take a guess of what that vehicle is going to be, because I bet it's going to be a submarine. I'm trying to think. Um, because they're so vague about it that it... They su- they suggest a helicopter. Yeah, they say helicopter, so it can't be a helicopter. <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's definitely not a helicopter. Um, hmm. A train. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that could be it. I mean, submarine would be my main guess, but I mean, hey, you already took it. Oh yeah, and there is that episode coming up that mentions a train in the title, so maybe. Oh, is there? I legitimately did not. Uh, yes, the second one for next week is something about uh, something train, which I didn't really even oh, think actually, about. But... I, yeah, I think I did tell you that, and then I totally forgot what it was called. But yeah, no, my guess would be a train. So, uh, they're going to go look for the dog mosaic, uh, and there is like a weird mirror just hanging around at this place uh, that everyone just sort of like looks at for a bit. But Fugo, in particular, notices that there is a dude who sort of looks like Vanilla Ice in the mirror, like kind of coming his way. A little bit. To me, his his hair looks like Videl's. 
but with more like pigtails. But other mm. than that, it looks like exactly the same. Even has like purple bands in it. Yeah. So uh, he keeps trying to warn everyone that this dude is coming towards the group, uh, but despite having a super big brain, uh, Fugo can't tell that this guy actually is in the mirror and not like in the real world with them. Yeah, it takes uh, until it, it's too it late. takes him probably a good two minutes of looking between the mirror and then back behind him before he's like, "Oh, it's yeah. a stand user." Yeah. So he gets dragged into the mirror. And the first thing going through my mind was way, 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 way back when, when Kakyoin and Polnareff were in the car, and Polnareff is like, I bet there is a whole world inside the mirror, and Kakyoin was like, no, that's stupid. Don't say stupid things. <laughs> that's right, I forgot about that. Polnareff is vindicated. <laughs> As he should be. Justice for Polnareff. In fact, actually, maybe at the time I even mentioned to you that there was a stand called Man in the Mirror that I knew about, so... Oh, yeah. God. Um, That's... But I, I do like when Fugo gets brought into it, because at first it looks like uh, Giorno and Abakio are the ones that get disappeared. Then yeah. he finds out, no, it was him. Yep. Uh, so he tries to summon his stand, Purple Haze... Uh, but it doesn't actually seem to uh, show up sorry, inside uh, the mirror, and that is when it is explained smoke? that basically the only things that exist in the mirror world are things that are not living, and anything that is living is something that he had to intentionally invite into the mirror world. So he can decide, I will bring you in, but not your stand. Sure. Uh, so the the... Reason why this is uh, powerful for him is he could just attack with his own stand, which is not inherently powerful, but when it's just attacking someone who's defenseless, who doesn't have a stand themselves, it gets the job done. Yeah. So, uh, Purple Haze, though, in the real world, uh, first of all, looks dope. Yeah, Purple Haze is great. Yeah. Uh, second... Abaccio has to tell Giorno five million times to get away from Purple Haze. <laughs> yes. Like, he gets... And not even that, but just, like, he takes, like, one step away. He's like, nope, farther. Come on, let's go. Go, go, go. Yeah. Gotta get farther um, away. Come on. Come this on, Giorno. Uh, yeah, so... Purple Haze's whole thing is that he represents the inner rage that Fugo has. Uh, and also, like, it will sort of attack indiscriminately, and it has these little nodules on its knuckles that if they break, it releases a deadly toxin, like a, a virus. Much like the movie The Rock. Yeah. Like, causes you to break out in blisters and just sort of, like, liquefies your insides within seconds. Mm-hmm. Gotta jam that needle in your heart. It's the only way to survive. Sure. Fugo so, is going uh, to make uh, this dude the Rocket Man. Yeah. So uh, we get a flashback for Fugo. It is his turn. Again, oh, everybody gets one. Well, this is the last one, right? 
Unless they do one for Trish, but I don't. Yeah, I was oh. going to say unless Trish gets one. Or Wait. unless we get, like, another stand user added to their group later on, which I don't think is the case because I've never seen anyone else in, like, any Wait. art for this thing. So... Bucciarati didn't... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Bucciarati did have one. No, he he sorted it. Uh, so, Fugo was... Uh, he is a kid to a very wealthy family. Um who has a he is a boy genius and his parents like force him to study all the time no fun can never have fun so he starts developing like homicidal tendencies <laughs> like he starts to rage the fuck out and like almost stab his father and stuff but he always like holds himself back uh but uh he ends up going to college at a very young age where he was Probably, likely, most definitely raped. Yes. Because uh, his professor sort of finds him alone and gets very handsy and kind of makes implications that they've done stuff before and he wants to do stuff again. Wait, Bucciarati um, didn't have a flashback. I'm thinking of Jornos. Oh, Yeah. So yeah, he, so I guess we probably got one for Bucciarati at some point. Yeah. Okay, Anything. anyway. So, uh, yeah, th- there's an implication of some abuse going on here. So, Fugo does the thing that he he's already, or it's like come out that he's done this already, that he like beat the shit out of a professor with like an encyclopedia. Uh-huh. But this time we get to see it, and it feels real good when we understand why he would do it. Yeah. It's not just like, this guy gave me a bad grade or something. It's like, oh, pff, he, he had it coming. Yeah, this dickhead got a math problem wrong, so I brained him. It's um also makes you wonder, like, after this, it's like, well, Fugo's parents used their money to make sure that he was found gu- not guilty. You would think that uh, he would be found not guilty anyway, considering yeah. the circumstances. Yeah. I don't know how they do things over there in Italy, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But uh, Fugo then decides to use his intellect for crime, which he finds way more fulfilling. Uh, Pulls a real good bit on a guy while trying to dine and dash, where he's just like, oh, let me cite you the precedent of this uh, one court case. Uh, They would totally find me innocent because I'm acting out of necessity. Which is very stupid, because the response to that would be like, yeah, okay. Then let's see you argue it in court. Yeah. Not just be like, Oh. <laughs> Mr. Bucciarati, this guy's being mean to me. He's being lawyery at me. <laughs> Duh, this guy's trying to outbrains me, Bucciarati. <laughs> I don't like the way this guy talks. Uh, yeah, so Bucciarati is into it, though. Mm-hmm. Because that was, like, when he was just starting to form his team. So I guess Fugo is actually the first member. Yeah. It's like, shit, you just TV lawyered that guy. Yeah. Really Perry mason uh, him. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I, you know, I could have some use for you, so I would make use of your brains to the fullest and you would actually feel fulfilled so i don't know join my gang and uh fuku does and he passes the test and he's got a stand user and that's all i got to say about that 
And that's all I have to say about that. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I think actually the, the whole flesh eating virus thing happens right after that. But uh, point is, virus, bad times. Uh, some crows drop dead inside the mirror world, which is sort of what tips Aluso uh, off to everything that's going on. It's weird because at some point he eventually just like understands how the stand works completely. And I don't know how he actually intuited it all. Because, like, the only thing was the crows dropping dead and him going, like, huh, weird. Well, I mean, he sees them, like, sort of turning into, like, that dude that gets shot in a videodrome. Like, they just, they're on the floor, like, pulsating and whatever. Humors coming out of them. Yeah, so I, I don't think it's that much of a stretch to look at that and be like, oh, it's some weird flesh-eating virus. Oh, yes. I, he seems to understand it too well, though. Yeah. Uh, so. But the most important part here is uh, that the stand, not under control of Fugo, demonstrates its, uh, like, OCD. Yeah. It drools on itself and, like, wipes the drool off, and then by wiping it off, he's dirtied his, like, sleeves, and then he tries to lick his sleeves clean, but that gets more drool all over everything. <laughs> it's a good bit. I love purple. Purple haze is great. Yeah, and like, Abakio is just like, like, oh well, clearly he isn't in control of it because otherwise that would not be happening. No, I think he's also like, yeah, you might think it's just a fucking rage monster, but actually, he's mostly just high strung. Yeah, like he's not angry. He's just always having a bad time. Well, he's angry too, but. I think he says, like, basically he's just uh, all of Fugo's personality. And yeah. so he he's not only the hidden rage, but also the high-strung aspects. He's, he's got a real existence's pain thing going on. Oh, yeah. And he also he makes noises like, like a Resident Evil 4 enemy or something. Yeah. It's great. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so uh, Purple Haze punches uh, the mirror by accident. Uh, and, like, Fugo, I guess, like, tried to get it to do it so he could escape the mirror world, but it doesn't work out. I don't know that was an accident. I'm not sure. I couldn't figure out if it was an accident or if, like, Fugo was intentionally trying to do it thinking it was, like, a way out. Well, Abakio sees him punching stuff, and he thinks that it's just randomly mm. punching stuff and Jorno has this bit where he's like hmm what so. if I got closer to the virus monster and looked at this mirror <laughs> you need to take a real good look at this my hair is donuts and so is my brain Pabakio's just like nah, nah let's go the hole in my donut hair actually just leads to the inside of my cranium there's nothing in there how when, am I alive? Help. When a strong wind blows, it just sounds like an ocarina. <laughs> uh, it co covers it up just right. You can play the song a ton. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Summons Epona. Abaccio is just like, okay, well, you know, fuck this. I'm out of here. I gotta go get this key. Bye. Later. Yeah, Giorno and him have this whole argument where Giorno's just like, I want to save Fugo, and Abaccio is like, no, you see, Fugo would want us to go for the key, we have a mission, we got a job to do, and Giorno, a well-behaved boy, is just like, I respectfully disagree, sir! 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, about you. Are you disobeying boss. my orders? Yes, I am, sir. Yeah, I want oh, English dub. It's too bad Arlie Ermi is dead because I would just want him to voice Abakio. Just like having Abakio yelling at Jorno, like, uh, I didn't know they stack shit that high. Uh, so Bakio just leaves Jorno uh, and runs for the dog mosaic. Uh, but as this is going on, Eluzio is about to murder Fugo. I wonder uh, what will happen next. I certainly <laughs> don't know. I mean, I don't. It uh, seems like I bet something hand-related I mean, is going to happen. It could be anything. Somebody could even lose their hand. I don't know. There is no way for me to tell. Uh, there weren't any manga anime differences that were really. I, by the way, I like the man in the mirror's uh, sunglasses. Yeah, it's like goggles. Goggles, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a weird bird man, kind of, kind of a yeah. kappa looking thing, actually. Sure. All right. Uh, that's it for the set of episodes. Next time, Great. we'll be watching episodes thirteen and fourteen. Uh, 14 yeah. will be out the day after this episode goes up actually so then we'll be caught up yep uh won't be watching episode 13.5 though because come on which i didn't know about until shortly recording shortly before recording this when you're like hey you hear this thing the uh the re- uh production schedule messed up or something i'm pretty sure that's just that was because of the holidays that they stuck in a filler thing uh yeah i don't really know i'm kind of trying to like look ahead right now and see if there's anything on the wiki about 13.5 but i don't actually see anything well the air date for uh 13 was december 29th and then this next one uh isn't until this week so i'm sure that's what it was i mean it it doesn't matter so much anyway it's just it's a flashback episode not a flashback episode but like a recap episode which first of all really weird to do that only 13 episodes in yeah the season has not been that hard to follow so far i wonder Um, if they've done these in previous seasons and we just don't know because they aren't even collected as yeah maybe i actually i i would not think that they do because the totally legal site that i'm using to watch all these episodes is what i used to find out that there was a 13.5 because it listed it in the episode order they had it on their site so if they did that for previous seasons i imagine they would actually like slip that in there well i can tell you the actually legal website i'm using which you can also use for free so i'm not really sure why you're even bothering with your weirdo website anymore uh does not list it so Eat it's a, again i i like to watch these uh when i have free time at work and shut Crunchyroll, for whatever reason does not actually work at my job yeah all right well there's some sort of weird codec issue with it and it won't actually load what about vrv because it's uh, kind of the same thing but maybe that'll work i've not actually tried verve yet uh but i should because okay. there's other stuff on verve that i want to get at verve. Legend, legends of the hidden temple I would like to go rewatch some of that. Sure, get get some Verve Premi. Uh, I used yeah. it to watch a Violent Cop, the Takashi mm. uh, Kitano movie. 
Takeshi Katano, sorry. Uh, I just, it's good. I just want to see more of those stupid kids trying to put together the monkey idol. <laughs> the three-piece monkey right. nobody could figure out. Yep. I watched a video uh, not too long ago that kind of gave like a whole history about Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I want to say that they explained exactly why that thing was a pain in the ass to put together. Like, something about, like, pieces not actually fitting properly or something like that. Oh, it, it always seemed like it kind of just barely stuck together. But at the same time, yeah. sometimes you would see them looking at these three pieces, like, and they would just try to put, like, the head on the bottom. And it's like, come on. I, I do like, though, I had totally forgotten the whole bit with that, where they would just have, like, some guys jump out and scare the shit out of the kids. Yeah. You had to give them one of your amulets to go on. And also, yeah. that stuff was just random, so, like, if you didn't have enough amulets, like, you could take a completely ideal path and still lose. That whole thing was very video gamey, like, in the way that they had set it up to just be full of random dog shit that could just make you lose at any point in time. Yeah, Legends of like, the Hidden Temple video- was the first roguelike game show. Yeah, it, it was very video gamey specifically of that era where games were just full of bullshit. Yeah. Alright, well next yeah. time, episodes uh, 13 and 14. We're finally here. Yeah. We've done it. Alright, we're all going to be caught up and then these won't take five hours to record. Yeah, then we'll only be uh, 22 weeks. Oh, it three hours. Oh no. 22 weeks left. Uh, we should end this before I start talking about Absolutely Rose Street. All right. Uh, see you next time on Stand and Deliver. I don't have any sandals. What do you want me to do? Wear turkeys on my feet? He was the greatest actor of his generation. I've started to diversify my portfolio. I'm okay. I'm, I'm all right. But in an instant... It was all gone. How small are you, Teddy? Give it to me in inches. Maybe six inches? What? That's perfect! Perfect! He was once tall, but now he's small. It's a small Ted Danson. You know how much money we're going to make on movies and records and TV shows featuring tiny Ted Danson? Oh, I'm getting the chilly willies just thinking about it. That is <laughs> 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 pretty fun. <laughs> I guess. The star of the Cheers has never been smaller. Jeez, Lou, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to make love to a woman again. Well, I'll shrink a woman down for you. How am I going to balance my checkbook? Get your tiny checking account. What if I get bitten by a bee? Get you some tiny allergy spray. How am I going to play sports? Get your tiny football. How will I have lunch? Get your tiny panini. What if I have to go to the bathroom? How am I going to wipe my butt? We'll get you some tiny toilet paper. What? Yeah. Don't worry, I got it all right. Where's my quarter? Where's my quarter? Little Dancing Man, featuring the hit song Little Dancing Man from Peter Cetera.
place is a huge donut. <laughs>